Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. episode 22 of Concussion Chats. My name is Taya. Concussion Chats is a podcast hosted by the McGill Students for the Concussion Legacy Foundation with the help of Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast. We're dedicated to providing strength and hope uh, to those suffering from concussions through sharing experiences. Today I have a recording of Ashley. Uh, Three years ago, what Ashley thought was going to be a simple recreational game with friends on a Monday night changed her life. Ashley will talk about how her positive mindset has become stronger than ever, how celebrating the little wins daily keeps her sane, and overcoming the dread of asking for help, and about um, the toughest part being accepting that she couldn't do it all. Ashley, I'm in Picton, Ontario. I, before I moved here a year ago, I was in Kitchener-Waterloo, and I've worked in municipal government for the last 15 years straight out of school. And funnily enough, I worked the last eight years in sport development, where I helped build policy procedure and protocol for minor sport boards who then implement it with their um, volunteers and their youth programs so that they can provide an exceptional program for the youth. So I was in the process of actually writing a concussion protocol and procedure, excuse me, that would be used by the minor sport affiliate groups. So those 40 groups I worked with, 45, and they were gonna use this protocol. And then, um, so the way it started was in November, 2018, I went to dodgeball. And when I say spirituality, I mean that I believe whatever thought or saying you put out there, the universe, your higher power, whatever you wanna call it, will reflect it back. And I remember for weeks leading up to dodgeball, I kept saying how I didn't want to leave the house. It was cold. I was tired from work and I dreaded going. Um, Next thing I know, Monday night happened and I got hit in the left temple when I was playing dodgeball. I didn't see the ball coming. The guy was throwing headshots all night and we had told him a few times that it wasn't allowed. And then he threw the ball cross court. I didn't see it coming. It hit me. Um, I saw bells and whistles and was, I didn't like pass out or anything. I was just shook up and I walked off the court, took a few minutes because I thought I would be fine. Um, being an athlete for years, I'm sure many of you also get that we use, we're used to just shaking it off, but I couldn't shake the spinning and the dizziness and stuff. So 
I sat out for the rest of the game and it wasn't until I got home and I managed to drive because I was lucky at a school just around the corner from my house. So I drove home just down the street and it was actually my twin sister because she's living with me at the time who said, I think you have a concussion. And that's when it really started to make sense with what I was feeling. So from there on, my life was held up. It was paused. Um, I thought it would be a quick turnaround that I would just sleep off, sleep it off for a couple of days and get back to work. Um, but after a week off, it wasn't getting any better. So I found a chiropractor who supposedly specialized in concussion management, and he helped me um, with the process. And I started doing the return to play protocol. So believe it or not, come December, he cleared me because I was able to walk um, for the time for like 15, 20 minutes with no symptoms. So I actually started playing volleyball again. And I'll never forget walking to the gym, the lights themselves caused me to feel dizzy and lightheaded. And then next thing you know, you're trying to bump the ball or see the ball coming at you and the place would spin and go upside down. So I stopped all sport and I haven't played a physical sport in three years, which has been um, a big change in my life. And it was also a big adjustment not working. So to speed things up from there in January, luckily enough, I was um, diagnosed, I was I talked to my doctor, she referred me to a sport medicine doctor in Waterloo and I started seeing him and that's when I stopped all sport and he started walking me through the steps to get better. And learning now, I had a really good support team. Um, and if you see me closing my eyes and looking off screen, it's because being on the screen and talking is really hard. And I had a really rough night last night with sleep. So you're seeing me in my concussion version right now. Um, most days I'm fine, but I'm pretty symptomatic today. So going through the whole process, I was very upset and angry in the beginning. And I'm sure everyone can relate to that. And I slowly started to change my personality started to change and it wasn't until the day I really got mad at my one dog he was 13 and I saw myself kicking him I didn't I visually saw myself kicking him because I was just so angry and I knew that was out of context and the first big hurdle for me was accepting that something wasn't right my personality was changing I was angry all the time I was super stressed out um, and I was so snappy like it didn't matter what anyone did I was mad so I talked to my doctor and he told me that personality changes is a symptom and it happens. So I got a, med a prescription and that helped rebalance things for me. And I slowly start became myself again. And it was through that piece. That was the first hurdle of recognizing that something wasn't right, accepting that it wasn't my fault, that my personality changed, um, that lashing out wasn't my typical personality and behavior so I asked for help and he helped me that way and that allowed me to re-embrace my mindset because I've worked really hard over the last eight years to be more positive focused and to find little wins and everything and I wanted to bring that back to um, my concussion journey and I started finding that even though I had a bad day so I had my biggest problem is um, cognitive. So 
I know what I want to say up here, but sometimes it doesn't come out through my mouth or I can't comprehend what's coming in, whether I'm reading it, hearing it, whatever. And I remember not being able to follow a recipe and I was so angry that I couldn't follow a simple recipe. But then one day I could, and I jumped up and down for joy on that because all of a sudden I didn't have to reread the same line twice or three times and sometimes five times. So I'd read the line, go to do the motion and then you forget. I don't know if any of you've had that experience, but it's annoying when you have to like constantly grab and try again. So the day I realized that I was able to make a simple recipe, I celebrated that and I found that it made me happier. It made me smile in those few minutes. And even though it seemed really dumb to be happy about following a recipe, I realized that it was those things because you're starting back at ground zero again, like a child learning to walk and you have to forgive yourself. And that has that was one of the challenges I was trying to overcome too, because I'm an A-type personality. I'm a very strong, independent woman. I've been on my own for years. And to not be able to cook food or order food or drive to the store, it was life shattering. Um, but luckily I said in the beginning, my twin sister, so I have an identical twin sister and she has been my rock this whole time. Um, she's lived with me for throughout this whole process and she has a recreation and sport background as well. So she's been able to help encourage me and help me as we go. And she reminds me of things I couldn't do that I can now do. Um, and this would be one of them. The idea of speaking to people and trying to interact is not, um, wasn't possible before, but you're definitely not alone with not being able to read a recipe, read a recipe and three years, it wasn't for it took me over a year to be able to do that and that took a lot of um, work with vision therapy with my um, acupuncture and seeing my OT I actually also had to have a breathing specialist so I don't know if any of you had this issue but when I got hit it changed my nervous system and I wasn't able to breathe so I was panting all day long and to say a word and then take two, three heavy breaths and then say the next word, it was really difficult. And I didn't clue in that it was a symptom. I thought it was just something weird going on. And so I saw a breathing specialist for three months to help me relearn how to use my diaphragm and use my lungs properly. So now I'm able to breathe like a normal person like I did before. And that helped decrease the pressure in my head, the fog and the exhaustion. Um, so the, when I talk about like, when I talk about positive mindset, the biggest problem I had was, like I said before, I was very independent, used to do everything on my own. I don't ask for help. So having to reach out to friends, having to reach out to family and when I, when I got hurt, I was on short-term disability through my workplace provider, but then I had to move to long-term disability and they were treating me just like any other employee that might've had an injury. So whether they had a broken arm, couldn't lift, couldn't like a physical ailment, they were treating me the same. So I was getting emails and phone calls with so much detail and so much paperwork and you can't understand it and they don't understand on their end 
cognitively the issue of you trying to retain it all of a sudden I had to actually accept that my sister needed to look into my bank account to help me establish a budget to help me review my finances which nobody wants people unless you have a husband or a spouse right a partner you don't want family in your business but that I had to accept because I needed her help to manage all of that um, and apply for the EI as a bridge gap between short-term and long-term. And one of my goals would be to help clean up that aspect because being in a, on the municipal side with the benefit, you can't treat people the same. Like a concussion and a head injury is completely different and they should have a different protocol with managing it. The paperwork, the process cannot be the same. And the amount of work they put on you to have submit your doctor's reports and to find treatment providers like there's no easy access route um, so it'd be nice to have to help bridge that gap so that people in my position and your positions in the future won't have to have the hardships we did as we navigate it and i think that's one of the positives that are going to come out of it because i'm not afraid to voice my thoughts and to, I have connections that I think will be able to help better things in the long run. And I know I've always believed in karma and the universe. And when you say things and you put them out there, it comes to fruition. So I did a hypnosis to try to help calm my um, symptoms. And then every day I would do affirmations of I am healed. I am a survivor. I am this. And it might sound woo-woo and weird, but it definitely helps because I don't know how many times I thought I'm not me. I'm injured. I'm always going to live with a concussion. I'm never going to get better. And it's amazing how those negative thoughts can spin out of control so fast and they come so easily to you. But to say I'm a survivor, I am getting better every day. I can do X, Y, and Z, it's a lot more challenging. And I don't know why we find positive steps more difficult. So I purposely wrote those down and I had them up on a wall. And then I also did a voice note so that I could play it through my headphones every morning or throughout the day, because you need those reminders, especially when you are struggling, whether it's the recipe or stupid stuff like I I do half the tasks so like I thought I put my fishing tackle box away the one day up on the shelf but it was only halfway on the shelf so when my sister opened the cabinet for laundry detergent the freaking thing fell down and almost knocked her in the head luckily it didn't and she got so mad at me but she knew it wasn't my fault she knows that I thought I fully put it away realistically I didn't and I got really upset that in the moment, I was really upset that I did that to her and that that happened, but I also laugh about it now, shortly after, because it's just, this is the new normal, this is the new way, and at least I got that far. It's not on the ground, right? Like, you're doing those tasks. Um, and then it's been interesting because the more positive spin I've been putting on things, the more family and friends and colleagues have been supportive because they're shocked at how when you when your life changes and things don't go according to plan it's so much easier to just bury down the hole and complain 
and they've been very pleased and impressed to see that I've been working through everything and I'm willing to try anything and everything to improve. And on my bad days, they're there to support me and they lift me up. And I've opened myself to the community by sharing my story, sharing the good and the bad. And I never realized how much support was out there until you, what's the word? You open yourself up, you vulnerable. Thank you, vulnerable. When you become vulnerable, everyone else is there to help you. Um, so one, so it was amusing because, like I said, I was in Kitchener Waterloo. I was we moved a year into my head injury. We moved into a new house, thinking it would have more space. It had a bigger yard for my dogs, and it would be fabulous. And it turned out to be a royal nightmare. My neighbor, on the one side, was a horrible neighbor. Played loud music. Um, they were drinking all the time. It was just, it was terrible to the point where my walls would vibrate and shake because the music was so loud and we we're in detached homes. Like it was insane. So we survived that year, but that year my symptoms got really bad. But during that time I was able to try all these treatments. Um, and then we decided, you know what, we're just going to go for it. If we can find a country home, we're going to leave the area because my doctor kept encouraging me to move and to get back in with nature and get grounded again and start that whole wellness piece. So we put it out there. We're gonna move to a lakeside home in the country and it's gonna work out. We didn't know what was gonna happen. And then one day Amy was randomly looking on Realtor. Sure enough, we found the house with the layout we drew out that we wanted with within the budget we set out, it's on a lake and it's halfway between my old job and my parents and my friends and my family. So that's how we ended up in Picton on West Lake. So now I have like, I live on the lake, the lake's right, my, is my backyard. And I have the most incredible neighbors and friends. And with that sandbanks is just down the street. So I found myself going for hikes and on the bad days, like today is, symptom wise is going to be a really difficult day. I'm going to bundle up because it's snowing and I'll end up going for a walk and putting my feet in the sand and going for the walk in silence just to take in the wind and be present. And I always laughed at meditation because meditation has always been the one hour with your legs crossed in silence. But I've learned through everything I've done and that meditation can simply be five minutes, 10 minutes. And it's just the fact that you put your feet on the ground and you just sit in silence and you feel the wind on your skin and you listen to the sounds coming by. And it's just a moment where you can slow right down. And it's been that too has helped me when I get spiraling out of control with frustration, it helps stop those thoughts so that my brain can recognize what's happening and I can stop the negative thought and then I can spin it around. So if I couldn't follow the recipe, at least I didn't burn the, burn the muffins or whatever, you know? So I always find, I try to find the silver lining in whatever I do. Um, and when I do have a bad day, I forgive myself for it. I let myself feel the feelings I'm having. I try to figure out where I'm feeling it is in my head is in my chest. Is it like, am I angry? Am I sad? Like, what is it? 
Um, and I just let myself have that moment because we can't constantly be happy and we can't change our mood. And I found the more I lean into my emotion and lean into what I'm feeling and try to figure out why I'm feeling that way. And then I say to myself, you know what, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be like this. Um, the next day is better. You wake up feeling refreshed and happy because you work through it instead of trying to hide or push those frustrations down. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it. I don't know. I'm blanking now on what else is needed. I had a whole plan and then I woke up like this. So <laughs> no worries. That was Today I have Emily, who is also part of McGill Students for Concussion Legacy Foundation and Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast, as well as, as his co-host, Aaron, um, who is also the coordinator for the Newfoundland and Labrador Brain Injury Association joining, joining me. Um, so I think Ashley's talk was great. Um, and the group seemed to really enjoy it also. Um, we had a good discussion about it afterwards. And, yeah. Uh, do you guys want to get or I was just saying to Taya before that I it's just I, I feel like they're talking to they actually had an identical twin sister I think it would just be an amazing to talk to them so hopefully sometime soon but uh yeah but I thought about thought mm -hmm. her her the whole like the way she was like I can't go that was not obviously kind of the opposite of the, the personality was a a type personality and she went kind of more you know yoga and did like did stuff she tended to lend more towards the uh side the did stuff like meditation and stuff that i wouldn't necessarily think of for an a type but then i kind mm -hmm. of like the way i was more of a, a b type or whatever but i was like good wasn't really a type and i've gone more that way kind of kind of meet in the middle kind of take both things yeah. i guess but anyway so i thought it was really i think it I think it's so funny and like interesting in a way how many type A personalities you guys seem to have as speakers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, and are only type A getting concussed? Like, what's no, going on? Like, Which kind of makes like, sense, actually, because we're really great the ones. All of the support group, like, any anytime we talk about this, like, it'll be like someone will bring up being like a type A. And like, someone said one time, like, now they're like a type C. And, um, and it seems like, Maybe it's like, I feel like it's maybe just more like the people that will come to support groups are type A people, I guess. I, um, think, it's also, yeah, I, think, it's, I think it's also that people who would say they're type A are type A. Like, if you're, if you're not type A, you wouldn't necessarily be like, I'm a type B. Oh, yeah, for it's sure. You wouldn't thing. be like, I'm oh, okay. not type A. thing you're like, I've heard about. But yeah. But I mean, like, even just like, even if someone doesn't say it, you can usually tell yeah. what they are or like what they were before their concussion. Um, and yeah, I feel like maybe it's just like only type A's come to support groups. I don't I know, but it's maybe been maybe like they most you know. experienced the most dramatic shift. Yes, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And so like, that's kind of where they're talking about it and getting all these like tips and like pointers and stuff. And cause it's like, mm. you had to change like, uh, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Having yeah. had like the biggest, uh, shift in everything. Yeah. Um, going from always being go, go, go to not being able to be go, 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 yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really liked um, all that she was talking about as far as like the positive mindset, um, but also feeling your emotions. 
I think that, um, well, one, it was really cool that that's what she talked about because the night before her talk, I'd run an education group about that, like, exact thing in the psychiatric unit. Like, it was the exact thing. <laughs> like, we talked about, yeah, like, I printed a worksheet on positivity versus toxic positivity. We talked about that. We talked about how to, you know, how to kind of change our mindset, like, what's healthy and what isn't. Um, and I think, like, what it made me also think about is how scary that is. Um, how scary it is, how empowering yet scary it is that you have that much control over, you know, your outcome. Um, and that was one of the things we watched this TED talk um, in the group that I found the other night. There was this guy from Harvard was doing this research and he was like, I can predict like based on your external circumstances and externally what's happening around you, your condition, what your life is like from the outside, I can predict 10% of your long-term happiness. And that means 90% of it comes from within, which people, one, like, <laughs> I feel like for me for a while, like the reason I didn't like hearing that wasn't even necessarily that it was toxic positivity. It was that that is terrifying. That is a lot of work. You're telling me that if I'm going to be happy, only 10% of it is based on what happens in my life and the rest has to come from within me? No, I don't. I'm not right. accepting that. Like, it's also, it's also no. terrifying that someone else can like, tell you what it's going to be. Yeah. Predict, predict your life. But, that's just like, oh, crap. Well, he's saying you can only really predict about 10% of it. Still. And the rest of it has to come that's from within you. But that's also like, so if I want I to look hear, at that with a positive mindset, it's like, like oh, I hear that, I'm like, that's power. exhausting. Yes. <laughs> like, how am I going to do that? But it's, yeah, but it's so empowering at the same time. And I do think it's yeah. so, because I think I've gotten, I've really gotten to the point to where it's like really secondhand nature for me to think like that. I've been putting years of work into it long before I even like, got sober or anything like I've been starting to notice the, the thought process and constantly yeah. trying to change it and it just takes practice and the piece that I was missing for so long that I'm getting down is the feelings piece mm, it's yeah. like it's like it's, letting the feelings happen yeah. and it's absolutely so true like the past week I kind of skipped some of the workouts I was going to do and like was eating kind of crappier and all that and then last night, even, I was just like, you know what? I, I got to do this workout. Like, I've skipped the last three. Like, I need to do it. And as soon as I did it, I was just like, I feel so much more re-energized. Like, just that simple one of like, okay, I need to do this tonight. And I was just like, I feel a lot better now. And it's like. I also, I think another important thing, like, I mean, that goes with, like, the toxic positivity, too, at the same time. But um, just how, like, in her positive mindset and stuff, like, she like the feeling your feelings was part of that like um so she didn't just like push it all down and like try and like run away from it all like um allowing yourself to feel was part of her positive mindset and I think that's something that isn't like I don't know like it's not encouraged to like you know like feel your bad feelings like it's just kind of like a make it go away like you have to think differently you have to whatever um but the like acknowledging it and like honoring like how you're feeling that's what ends up 
making things more positive in the long run. Mm. Yeah, and it's like, how do you not, how do you not create more negative feelings than what there already are? You know, because it's okay to like quote unquote negative. You know, really sometimes I feel like feelings just are what they are. But how do you not uh, create more for yourself? Um, and the way I was kind of think about it is like, if I'm playing a video game, right? And I'm like, like Tetris, like people learn Tetris, right? And their brain structures change. And they just like, when they see the Tetris screen, they like are able to figure out where all the blocks go, like just by looking at it. And they've trained and like, they actually see structural changes in their brain. So they've learned how to scan for that. And so if you like transfer that into this quote unquote positive psychology aspect is how do I start scanning for the more positive things in life while still, you know, acknowledging these bad things that happen to me and not living in denial, but like you can train your brain to start scanning. Um, and it can be as simple as like the other day, somebody mentioned something about having a lazy day and I turn around well, how about let's let's rename that because what does lazy hold? What kind of connotation does lazy hold? Negative. Not any, not any positive one yeah, as like, far as I know. Absolutely not. So what do you tell yourself when you're having a lazy day? Like there's an immediate, like yeah. subconsciously, our brains when we hear wired, when we hear lazy or wired for negative connotation. So if I'm having a lazy day, that because of our brains and how they're already wired by society and the way we use language that can create some shame and guilt. So how about we consciously rename that to, I'm going to take a mental health day. I'm going to take a day for myself because I love myself. Gosh, that's so it's like catching stuff. And then you start scanning. Like it's just so much nicer than saying I'm having a lazy day. Yeah, one of my like favorite things I ever read was uh, a post. It was just like rest is a productive activity. And yes, I was like, yeah, that's yes. Something about in the group a lot too is like how, how when you're resting, like you are being productive, and like that's what your body needs. Yeah. So it is productive, and it's something that you need to do, and um, yeah it's it is productive like you, yeah. your body needs it your brain needs it and for you to be able to do the other things later like you need it yeah like that's having not... sleep go ahead nick oh and that's like the again the type a personality like they don't people are who are think they're just hey they don't want to rest and they gotta take a rest and you know we need after ranging you need to just chill out for a second and sit back and take, or not sit back, but it's okay. So I don't know if that's negative or not, but uh, just get a little, just, you know, chill it's, out. Because just, just it's rest. the wanting to do it all. And then rest yeah. is like getting in the way of being able to do it all. But in reality, yeah, rest is not, how you're going to be able to do it all. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. yeah. No, my parents were always polar opposites growing up. And like, my mom is the person to like sleep in, have an afternoon nap, like, rest after the day is done and my dad's like let's get up at five like we're gonna do this 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 and then maybe i'll sit down after dinner it's like, maybe but who knows? yeah yeah but like they have eventually found this balance for both of them and i think it's like through them actively like 
50 years later into their lives of finally striking this chord of like, oh, okay, like we can either, we can like sit and rest in the afternoon for my dad or my mom can be like, yeah, getting up at 8 a.m. is fine. <laughs> or, she get, or she can get up at like 6 or 5 and then, 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 take her, then take her nap though in the afternoon. Yeah. And so, you know, nap, naps are great. Oh, I, I love that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think and something else that like we were talking about was just like when when she brought up like the being able to follow a recipe thing everyone in the group started like like, nodding their heads like I wish you guys could see it like I think every single person was like yeah like yeah reading the recipes like hard um, and like being able to you know do it and then one of our uh, one of our members in the support group she started talking about like um she was working with a student and they like went through all the steps of understanding a recipe and just like how many steps are involved and how how there is so much like switching and so much going on and like I wonder why like your brain has a hard time doing it um but I think yeah everyone just like was in complete agreement when she was talking about recipes and I don't know it was yeah yeah this is like a weird tangent, but it reminded me when you were talking about that of this video that recently came out, but this has always been a task that teachers usually do with younger kids when they're first learning descriptive writing. And it'll be like, okay, you need to write to me how to pour like a bowl of cereal. And so yeah, like yeah, yeah. people will be like, pour like cereal into the bowl or whatever. And it'll be really basic and it'll obviously like be missing a lot of steps. So they'll just mess it up. But it's like you have to detail, detailed go by it. And it just kind of shows how much you really actually have to think about when you're like either reading the recipe or doing the recipe. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's a cat. I can't just flipped across my keyboard, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, like to that point though, the video really highlight just like how much extra effort there is in like a very simple looking task. That's a good, yeah, which- good about. I got one more thing. I'm itching. Yeah. I really, uh, I just, I love that this was her talk because it's stuff that I've been thinking about for the past week and trying to figure it out. Um, is the word why she talked about not asking why. Uh, and it's so funny cause on the, when my mom had done her talk, she gave us this like naughty word list and why was on there. And I was so confused. And just this, this past, like, few weeks, I've been talking to people in the psyche unit, and I was like, man, I really hate the word why, and I got it. You know, like, somebody's in full, and I've noticed I do it with myself. I'm being, like, full-blown crisis, and I want to ask myself why. Like, why, or, like, I'm having a crash out there. Why can't I read? Why can't I do this? Why can't I, like, you know? And I feel like, all that that's doing in that moment is making it worse (laughs) is asking why um because it's also i can i feel like when i for myself when i do that it also invites this sort of like shame and guilt is like why can't i read why can't i do this then i'm like oh it's because i didn't decide to take a break then or it's because i hit my head you know versus being like what can i do in this moment of crisis how can i make that happen when can i do this you know and then maybe once everything has settled we can look at 
why and or what was the trigger better yet not why <laughs> what was the trigger down the road but i feel like sometimes um in crisis we tend to spin because we want to understand why it's happening um and that's just like not productive in that moment it's like more productive to handle the situation that you're in um and i really like that she like she just briefly was like i stopped asking why or something like that and i was like yes <laughs> that's been my thing this past week <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's my I think it, what? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the image of you just wrapped up in a tortilla blanket is <laughs> killing me. I, I thought, <laughs> well, that's what it is. I can't. I thought it was like wrapped up in like a fuzzy blanket right now. <laughs> I thought it was like, like a tortilla. That was like butt scenes. <laughs> It's a tortilla blanket. <laughs> That's good. But like, it feels like this talk just came at like the perfect time for you in so many ways. Yeah, I'm pumped about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was cleaning. I was, I was cleaning my bathroom this morning, listening to it. It's good in my bathroom. Yeah. I had my gloves, my mask on, like got the pine saw and this, you know, the paper towels, and I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I also her, her thing about like the like affirmations to herself like every morning and stuff and um and even like throughout the day and then also when she said that like she also has it as like a voice memo to play through her headphones like every morning throughout the day like um I thought that was also cool um like I don't have like affirmations that like I've written myself but like I have like a couple years ago Emily was like watching my cat when I went away and like so she left like a bunch of like sticky notes all over my old apartment and like brought them with me to my two other apartments I've moved to and like they're just like stuck up on my wall um but I think the like like the the listening to a thing is interesting to me because I just like I hate my own voice like I like when it's recorded. Like I could never well, find yeah. this podcast. I you don't listen to never... this at all. No, no, I I can't do it. I listened to the I, last few minutes. Of the the first the first episode. I um I wanted to see how I sounded, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, like this is disgusting. Like what the hell? <laughs> Um, and then anytime there's been, like, a share that, like, I've, like, wanted to go back and listen to, like, I'll I'll skip through, through all of my stuff. And then I have to stop it before I do what my, I like, now I have no Yeah, no, I cannot do it. I, I can't do it. I don't want anyone to talk to me about it. Um, yeah, it just, it's terrible. I can't. So, yeah. The I'm voice the same way. Me, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I remember, like, last year when, like, you had the episode of Concussion Talk, Emily, you were like, oh, like, I don't want to hear it, like, I don't want, like, nothing. It was great, Emily, if you don't listen to her, it was I great. I know, and I told her, I was like, it was great, <laughs> great. And, I mean, now here we are, 22 episodes of a podcast. <laughs> Never listened to a single one back. <laughs> don't know what I'm saying. on it. Um... <laughs> Hey, I totally forgot that she had said all that stuff. I don't think I could listen to myself. But that's also one of those things that builds your brain. 
Yeah. Structure is doing it every day, just yeah. like Tetris. You're reinforcing it. it. <laughs> Reinforcement. Yeah. Drop those neuro yeah. terms, Taya. Yes. <laughs> I know when she, even when she was talking, like I was just thinking about like uh, the class that we're taking about like, like um, psychotherapy and stuff, and um, and all the things that like it relates to and man a lot of these talks lately have been great to incorporate into what i'm learning in school it's been awesome <laughs> way to reinforce what i'm learning to like make connections awesome um but yeah no i think uh like i'm not i don't know if like it was as perfect for me as it was for emily but i definitely think that like her talk like i feel like it kind of comes at a good time for anyone like this is something that like everyone should be kind of you know but um i also pardon it i said aware of oh yeah um but i i don't know because like i'm also like the positive mindset the like affirmations like trying to do all those things um and then when she said uh the thing about like when you become vulnerable like people are there to like help you and stuff and like just like the thought of like, like people helping I still can't handle um but it's true like when you do become more vulnerable like people are there to help and like I think that's something that I kind of started to realize as like I have become more like vulnerable and uh more like open about things and like it's pretty cool but also it's so weird um and yeah, yeah. The yeah, it's just crazy. I think part of that was that, like, and she talked about it, was learning how to like express the way she was feeling. And part of that comes yeah. with like, learning how to ask. It's just learning how to figure out what I am feeling or what the thoughts are that are making me feel, and then learning how to ask for help. Yeah. Like the and whole being, word thing is the whole aspect of concussion. Yeah. Being able to name your feeling is so yeah. important and something so many people miss. Like Ugh, yeah. you see like the feeling wheel like is a per, is um reposted a lot and it's just like how to actually name what you're feeling. It's like angry, but are you actually angry? Like which word for angry yeah. are you? Like Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely um I yeah I've been working on this stuff for like a few years and like it's hard to be like emotional and like be like aware of your emotion and like label them and stuff I mean um but like it gets easier but it's also weird like <laughs> when like you can do that um and I mean with my psychologist like we always talked about how like anger is a secondary emotion and so like if I said like I was angry or feeling or like uh, or, like, I just felt, like, anger, she'd be like, okay, but, like, what did you actually feel, though? Because, like, that that's the second thing. And, like, um, like recognizing, like, what those things are and, like, being able to label it and name it um, are hard. But then, like, adding in the asking for help, that's, like, the extra step that's super hard. But once, like, you can do it, it makes a huge difference. And it's good and but it's hard as hell yeah. but it's yeah it, it's worth the work that you yeah. have to put into it for sure and sometimes you just straight yeah. up don't want to do it and that's mm -hmm. okay like you'll get back to it like me for the past week not wanting to work out like, exactly 
yeah, like, you know, like, like tomorrow is a new day. You can try again. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. But um, any last things before we wrap up? Alrighty. Great share. Yeah, it was great. It was, uh, it was awesome. All right. Um, so thanks to Emily and Aaron for joining. Um, and thanks, Nick, for helping us do the podcast. And again, thank you so much to our speaker, Ashley. Uh, we'll have a new podcast posted Monday morning. Our upcoming podcasts can be found on concussiontalk.com, Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. You can find more information about our group on concussionmtl.com. Our peer-to-peer support group is free and open to everyone. We hold four weekly meetings on Zoom. Um, and if you're ever interested in being a speaker, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, thanks for listening. Head Check Health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada who rely on Head Check to improve communication and optimize care. Visit headcheckhealth.com for more. The music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound, www.bensound.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.